Welcome and a uh, happy holidays to you on this Festivus Eve. It's the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Justelitis. You got Jeff Julik uh, right over there. We're going to settle in here. We're going to spend a whole hour talking Boilermaker and Big Ten Hoops. First off, um, hey, salute to all you uh, all you plow truck drivers who are going to be listening to us here over the next hour. I know you're out there working hard, all you emergency workers working hard. Shout out to those trash men, too, by the way. You, you drive trash trucks tomorrow and stuff. Shout out to you delivery drivers, all that stuff. We appreciate you guys, your support, and having us on here. And uh, I know it's not going to be an easy uh, day today or tomorrow for you. So uh, salute to you. But, Jeff, uh, it's great to be back here. Missed you last week. Thank you for Kyle for filling in for me. Um, but uh, we're back here. 74-53 last night. You stayed and watch that one on ESPNU. Boilermakers come home with the victory a uh, big night for Trey Coppin ran 24 points, 8 of 10 shooting. You just love to see it. Zach Eady sick, unable to play last night, but uh, the boys, they figure it out, and they roll. Absolutely, and, you know, this uh, basketball team was so fun to see last night because the fact that, uh, you know, it took them a few minutes to figure out how to play without Zach Eady because, obviously, he's your go-to player, but, boy, once they figured that out uh, – you know, Kaufman Wren was outstanding, and you saw some great play out of uh, Mason Gillis. I mean, I saw some things that I hadn't seen since he was in high school, such as uh, driving to the basket and hitting a pull-up jumper and those kind of things. And so, yeah, it was kind of nice to um, to see that team. And this team has so many ways they can beat you, and you saw that last night. Uh, you know, it obviously starts with Zach Eady, but when Zach's not in there, you know, they figured a way to do it last night. And uh, so now every Boilermaker fan has what they really wanted underneath their Christmas tree this week, and that is a number one basketball team. It's weird that we're coming out of this one. I made this tweet last night. It's weird. You have that huge run at the end of the, uh, the first half, right, which was like with like 24 to 2, something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and you only give up 53 points. And yet I, I feel like most people weren't exactly satisfied with what happened on the defensive end. Privateer shot 46%, 19 to 41 Shot 37.5% from three. Uh, maybe that felt like that was a little bit high. But it, um, I don't know, for some reason you came away from that one and you're like, uh, for me at least, I thought I wasn't so much worried about the offense as I was. I, I thought the defense kind of lacked an identity at times. Got a little too lackadaisical uh, at moments, I think, in that one. But then they would pick up the intensity. They'd beat all the hustle plays, diving on the floor. We're back to doing that stuff. I thought maybe the defense, uh, that side of the ball, had some lapses at times. But overall, I mean, you're happy. You got a win. It's a 21-point win. You're going in the holidays. Uh, what, what, what are we worried about, really? Yeah, I tell you what, uh, defensive effort last night was outstanding from from a couple players, and that would be Braden Smith, and you would also be with, uh, with uh, Ethan Morton because – you know, they had a couple of players that got hot, and all of a sudden, you know, Ethan comes in and and, and they're was, banking in they're big exactly, guys banking in threes yeah. and stuff like that. You know, it's a, it was a couple of bad breaks. They got real lucky on some things, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're going with. And here. they did, and you know, and Coach Pater mentioned in his in his uh, post game comments about what a defensive effort he was pleased with, and you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, we're all talking about Zach Eady being the National Player of the Year, and he right now he's the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and you can all of a sudden throw Ethan Morton in there as, as that all-defensive team right now because he has been shutting down players. And, uh, you know, that's something I think we overlooked. This is a pretty good defensive basketball team, something we couldn't reach last year. You know, and this team goes out, and they're able to win basketball games just by shutting the other team down. And you saw some of that when they went on that run. You know, New Orleans couldn't score. So you and I, we got a little bit of an argument yesterday, by the way, speaking with Zach Eady, because on the show, this is before we knew he was sick. 
And I made this case that maybe Zach Eady did not need to play that game last night. You had a team in uh, New Orleans that uh, was, what, like 340 out of 363 in Ken Palm. You didn't need him to win this ball game. You took very much offense to that, saying that, no, he plays. You, you did not like that strategy. My whole thing was, you don't need him. You can give him a little bit of this rest. Only bad things are probably going to happen if they are going to happen, right? Um, so what was the point of putting him out there even if he was healthy? You, you didn't need him to win the ball game. Uh, you put him in next week after the break uh, for the uh, Florida A&M game, get him ready for the uh, Big Ten. But really, I, I just you really didn't need him in that spot, and you really disagreed with me on that. Well, folks, I don't know if you know this or not, but but Jared has great powers. Uh, you know, I think it might be the fact that he was born on December 25th. Uh, you know, people born on that day seem to have powers. But, I like where uh, this argument is going, but I feel but, like there's a cliff coming up here, and it's but, not going to be good. And most of the time, Jared uses them for good. I mean, I've seen him, you know, out with the Feed the Need Day. I've seen him do uh, volunteer work all over the community, including the MC and the Queens contest at the County Fair for and those kind of things. But, see, where's the but? I'm I've waiting for it. I've seen him have opposing kickers miss field goals to win high school football games. Hey, hey, yeah, I've done that. That's to, legit. To help us out. But, you know, sometimes Jared will use those powers for, for evil. And, and you know, yesterday evil. him and I were discussing it back evil. and forth, and, and all of a sudden, you know, he made some good points that, that Zach needed to set out. And Zach shows up at the game last night. He's at Mackey Arena, and he's feeling bad. And they send him over to the team doctor, and the team doctor says— You're really putting this all—you're putting you're literally putting a, 20 year, a 20-some-year-old kid's illness on me. You're putting a, it on me. A team doctor says, you have a case of jessalitis. And he goes, oh, jessalitis, is it, is, it, is, it, is it bad? He goes, no, you'll get over in a few days. And I'm outside. What is he? One of my ex-girlfriends? Like, what the heck is that? And I see Zach leaving, and there's kids out there who all they wanted for Christmas was to see the big. Oh, now we're making kids cry. And he said, "I can't. I got jessalitis." So, so Jared took care of Zach last night. But they were great points that Jared brought up, and. You know, we were able to get by with that, and and in many ways, it probably helped the basketball team by being able to get through the game without having to depend on Zach. And uh, and uh, we'll see, and he'll get his game in next week, and then all of a sudden, we got the Big Ten coming up with Rutgers and Ohio State. I just thought that was, if you were going to do that, that's a smart play to put it in right there. Look, there's a reason why we have these games uh, around the holidays. These these really. I hate to say layup games. It's not easy to play Division One basketball. Yeah, don't just, ask Iowa about layup games, huh? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, you know, you get them. They're out of classes. Finals are done. They get a little squirrely. To get, anytime you get out of the rhythm, you know, we, I talk to you and I. We do the high school football all the time. There's not a high school football coach that we won't talk to uh, that talks about young men here. And the second that you change the routine... Watch it, out. It, yeah, watch out, right? It gets a little bit... And, and that's why they try to get some of these games in, in like this and... I just thought the uh, I thought the cost benefit it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You know, clearly, Mike Woodson and they have a different situation down at IU with Xavier Johnson being out. But even he kind of got that. So we don't need him to. We don't need Tracy Jackson Davis to beat Elon. We don't need him to get hurt either. That's that. That's the bigger problem there. And then they went out. And they, really, this game kind of flowed the same as that one did the, the night before IU and Elon, where uh, IU really struggled through that first half um, of basketball until uh, probably about midway through the second. Uh, the second half of the first half, 
Uh, then they start figuring it out, and then they get the runaway there. Uh, Purdue basically did about the same thing. It was going to happen. The, the cream always rises to the top, as the macho man says. The cream always rises. You just had to be patient with it, and fans were not patient in those first 10 minutes last night. And, Jared, I'm glad you brought IU up because, you know, it was similar from the standpoint they set out their star player, and, of course, Davis has had some back entries. But, you know, a, a tape came out this week of the great Don Fisher saying that there's some chemistry issues on the IU basketball team because they're not getting enough playing time. And that is just something that you are not seeing out of this Purdue basketball team. I mean, look at Trey Coffin Wren. He probably could put 18 points up a game. If the he development played. he got last night and the confidence that he got last night yeah. was, was worth but, not having. Uh, that's going to pay dividends down the stretch. It's another byproduct of not having him in last exactly. night. Exactly. And, and did he pout when he was only getting 8 to 10 minutes? I mean, how do you take minutes away from the way that way that Zach's playing, the way that First is playing. I mean, and, and you can see what you get out of Gillis, but these players all know their role. They all seem to be happy in that role, and that's why this team is playing and so well right now because th- there are no egos on this team. And, and you know, we think we might have a, a group of role players here, and then all of a sudden when they need to step up, they step up, and you saw that last night with Kaufman Wren. You saw that with Braden Smith. Boy, there were times when Braden Smith was just absolutely fantastic driving to the basket, hitting that pull-up three. I mean, this team is so fun to watch because they get it, and other teams don't, and I think IU's got some problems because of the fact that, you know, they just don't have a, a team chemistry there that, that they need to have. Uh, that's a whole other show. If we're, Absolutely. If we're going to get into Absolutely. what I feel like are their issues. And yet I would, you know, we could talk some rankings here a little bit towards the end of the show like we normally do. Yet I would still probably argue they're third, fourth best team in the uh, in the Big Ten right now. Talent-wise, maybe, but from a team standpoint, I'm going to put them down well, about six or seven. Well, with Xavier being out now, obviously that changes everything. Yeah, I'm trying to take in their body of work and, right now. But... surgery, I mean, who knows how long he'll be out. So. By the way, prepare yourself. Strap in now. I am going to be taking another victory lap on Northwestern uh, when we get towards the hey, end of the show you've called here. that, and every time Northwestern plays well, I think about you because uh, they have played well, and, uh, you know, uh, they look like that's going to be a tough team, and uh, anybody who heads to Northwestern is going to have a, a tough time getting a victory. There's going to be a lot of teams, good teams, that go in there that can't score more than 55 and will come home with an yeah. L uh-huh, out of Evanston. Sure. And uh, I'm just I'm I'm forewarning you now. I've been I've been screaming. I'm not saying they're a tournament team, but boy, I'm starting to come around on maybe they are a tournament team. They may be very well. Maybe it's just the only problem with it is um, like the the big quad one games haven't been there for them yet. You know they yeah. they had the one really good one against Auburn. They held them to what like 45 points. They lose that one by like two. That's still pretty darn amazing. But uh, yeah, they need to get. They they need to hammer down. Well, they got the what the road uh, game against Michigan State. They won, right? They, yep, they, they did. The yep. big one right big there too. There. I need a couple more kind of like that here before I'm ready to go. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a quality tourney team. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think you gotta you gotta keep them on watch. That's Blizzard Watch over there for <laughs> Northwestern. All right, hey, we're gonna take a little time out here. Hang tight. We're gonna uh, get Alan Karpik from GoldenBlack.com. He'll be our guest next. You're listening to the Boiler Basketball Show. 1017 The Hammer. 1017 The Hammer.com. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show. Continuing here on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, I'm Jared Jessel. got Jeff Julik over there and Alan Carpet, GoldenBlack.com, is on with us here. It's always a pleasure, Alan, to catch up with you. Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks over there on the site. You guys have been doing such a great job covering everything with uh, football. I know people are very excited about the bowl game and everything, too. Uh, National Signing Day. Uh, you know, Brian and uh, Tom just done a great job uh, over the last month. Can't say enough about their work and uh, what they've been able to do and uh, everything that you guys do over at goldenblack.com. I always love to remind people, too, you're looking for a last-minute gift. Uh, subscription to goldenblack.com for your favorite Boilermaker fan is a, a great stocking stuffer, isn't it? 
one dollar. One dollar. Even you can afford it, and if that 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 uh, that offer is going away uh, in on December thirty first and never to come back. But uh, it has, uh, you know, as Mr. Julek and I were discussing in the halls of Macarena last <laughs> night. Uh, it's been an interesting proposition, but uh, we've been overwhelmed with not only the support for our site, but also. Uh, the support from Brian Newbert in his current situation. If you don't know that, go to the, go to our site to find out. But uh, uh, Brian dealing with a recurrence of a brain tumor. But the, the fact that the you know Christmas is supposed to be about love and 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 caring and and that truly has been the mantra of of, of our knuckleheads and our our folks around uh, Golden Black and we're and we're very happy for that and care and thankful for that. And our thoughts go out to Brian and his family. Is uh, you know he's such he's done a great job. What twenty years uh, with Golden Black? Yeah, uh, I did twenty four years with Brian. Twenty four. That's, that's incredible. Believe. And we look forward to hopefully years, another twenty four years of uncontested layups, as I always say. But Brian is is one of the smartest people I know, and truly one of the best writers. And we're hopeful that the situation is going to work out well. Uh, and in this Christmas season, uh, it, uh, we're, we're uh, very hopeful for that. That's that's a lot of snark and Seinfeld references to put up with for 24 years, buddy. Yeah, there you go. And, and I see you've no got doubt. the uh, addition of the great Mike Carmen to your staff now. So that's good. Right, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of uh, life's blessings also that uh, Mike, uh, you know, timing is everything. And we're grateful to have Mike in, on board, and he'll be helping us during Brian's absence. But uh more importantly, Mike is just such an institution in this town and uh, has done such a great job, and we're privileged to have him uh, working with him. All right, Al, let's get into this uh, basketball team. No Zach Eady last night, but they still rolled to a 21-point win. Um, it uh, it looked a little bit uh, dicey there early on as they tried to figure out what the heck uh, they were going to do without running the offense through Zach, uh, but they eventually seemed to get that thing figured out. Uh, Trey Kaufman ran with a... Uh, little miniature coming out party, I thought, last night. Uh, what he developed into last night, is that has he always been that good in your estimation? We just haven't had the minutes to, to see it? Or uh, do you feel like he kind of took a step forward last night? Well, you know, we saw an early sign of Kaufman Wren's ability to score because I think in the secret scrimmage he led Purdue in scoring against uh, uh, Cincinnati, if my memory is That's correct. correct. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think the best thing about that, you know, you have to deal with the, with the things as they come. And obviously Zach Eady, with all the, all the new people that were in Mackey Arena last night, there were maybe one or two chances to go to a game because of the non, not students not being there. What a great crowd, by the way. Uh, just impressive from that standpoint. But the fact that Zach didn't play is disappointing. But I thought it was very important to, to, to Trey Kaufman Wren just simply needs minutes and needs time on the court. And he obviously made the best use of that. Yeah, he's a guy that just knows how to do things. He's, he's far from a finished product. He's a freshman, for God's sakes. But but uh, he, he just uh, – He's a basketball player, and he fits in well, and, and it's going to play such dividends, uh, pay such dividends uh, down the road for Purdue because you know darn well that no matter what, from today through the end of this season, whenever it ends for Purdue, uh, you're, you're going to have a lightning bolt happen, and maybe at the wrong time uh, where you're going to lose a Braden Smith or you're going to lose a, uh, a Fletcher Lawyer or you're going to lose a Zach Eady for a period of time. And all of that, uh, when you deal with adversity – uh, it's even though I understand they're still they were not in danger of losing last night, but the or on, excuse me on Wednesday night, but the ability to do that and get that done uh, with having a little bit of adversity is a good thing for Purdue and a great for Trey Kaufman Ren to, to get extra minutes and play so well. 
And Alan, should the Purdue fans be concerned about our three-point shooting? I mean, you know, we thought maybe that was just a one or two game uh, situation, but what it's been three or four games now that they haven't been able to uh, shoot over 30% from the three-point line. And, uh, you know, the, that's what made them special in those big uh, wins they had against Gonzaga's and Duke was hitting the three as well as the dominating performance by Zach inside. Yeah, I think you go back to those games, Jeff, and say, you know, that shows you that it's possible. Now, we all know it's like golf swings. It's like everything else. You get things into you get things in your head for a little bit of period of time, and, and it's hard to get out of. You can see Fletcher Lawyer kind of massage with the first three he hit, and he was relieved to do so. These guys are great shooters. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer is. Mason Gillis, who missed some last night, is a very high-percentage three-point shooter. So I'm a big believer in in, in long-term and data. Yes, you want to get that out of your head. I think it's a good thing that Purdue's got another game on the 29th, a game that it should win relatively easily, that you can kind of get the kinks worked out. Uh, yeah, it's always a concern because any team in, the, in, in, in college basketball, when it doesn't shoot well, is susceptible to getting beat, especially when, when it's such a uh, premium on three-point shooting in just about any team, in, again, in college basketball. But Purdue has one thing that's really, you know, one big thing, and that's Zach Eady when healthy that uh, is really an insurance policy against a lot of that. And I thought that uh, uh, they did a good job of even in the first half of last night's game, which I thought was a good test. I thought New Orleans played pretty hard and uh, made them made the Boilermakers do some things in the first half that it was uncomfortable doing. And I think that was a good lesson for them. But it also is a good lesson you've got to, in college basketball in the 40-minute game, you've got to figure things out. And Purdue, we go back to the St. Peter's game last year at the end of the season, Purdue just didn't figure things out in that game, you know, whether it was Jaden Ivey not playing as well or whatever. And good teams do that. And I thought Purdue did that last night uh, in getting the job done uh, against the, against the, the privateers and a good win for Purdue, actually. Even though I know they didn't cover the spread and all that stuff, of course, the spread probably changed when he didn't play. But my point is, uh, I thought it was a quality win and a good effort uh, all around. Wasn't actually that much of a change in the spread because I checked it. It was like a 35 and a half. I think it got down to like maybe 33, 32. Uh, I didn't think they were going to cover it even with Zach in there. It's a lot of points to it's be putting up there. I thought, I thought UNO was better than people thought that their point guard was. A, he was a transfer portal candidate because uh, he looked really, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but played extremely well last night. Uh, was troublesome for Purdue at time and Braden Smith. But uh, again, uh, I thought it was it was better than a, it was much better for Purdue to not have a a six fifty point win. It was better to be tested a little bit, stretched a little bit, and especially without having uh, number fifteen in there. I think that that uh, all was uh, to Purdue's benefit in the long term. Alan talking about Jordan Johnson there for the Privateers. Jordan the, Johnson, there, there you go. go, nailed it. It's the Boiler Basketball Show on. 1017 The Hammer. We're talking with uh, Alan Carpet from goldandblack.com. Uh, Al, this is the uh, first time this team got to play in front of its home crowd with a number one ranking. Uh, last year, you know, we said it on a lot of the programs here where uh, that one week, I don't know, that, that number one ranking just didn't seem to sit well with them, right? They didn't really handle that extra attention, that high expectations well, we thought at times. This team seems a, a little bit different. What do you think makes it different that they're – kind of wearing that crown a little bit better this time around? Well, I, I would argue that Ron Harper Jr. hitting a shot from half court, uh, he still would have been number one for a few more weeks or at least a little period of time last year. So uh, it may be a different situation. I, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe that this team 
You 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 can argue last year, and you can debate that maybe Purdue was played its best basketball in November last year. That probably was true, uh, and didn't quite get to the expectation level. But it's not not like they they failed. And I'm not saying you said they failed, but so I, I don't know if I buy that completely. But I do think this team has got extremely good chemistry. I like the fact that uh, from, a, from if you're Purdue, you want to be ranked number one for as long as you can be because it's good for the program. People talk about you differently. This is the group also. that I, I saw a team last night that took the floor with intent. They played extremely hard, Purdue, and that was my sign that, uh, that uh, you know, that that ranking doesn't necessarily mean a lot to them. But it's great for the program, great for Matt Painter and company, and it's an accomplishment. And who would have thought? I mean, geez, you know, this team wasn't even ranked before the start of the season. Uh, talk about Vegas odds that you could could have gotten to, to, to – I'm sure that they would have – I'm not sure they laid book on that one, but to Purdue getting to number one. But I think it's a good thing for the program. It's a great thing for the fan base. And I agree with you, this team seems to handle it well. But there's going to be ups and downs to this team. And uh, it's something that, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to win them all. Uh, and I, I don't think, and in fact, I'm pretty sure of that. And yet, uh, this team seems to have the ability, if it can stay healthy, uh, to be able to deal with most kind of adversity that's going to come its way. And this team really seems to value possessions. I mean, that's why you see people uh, on the floor diving all over the place and uh, take care of the basketball. And it's been a low turnover team so far this season. Right. And I think that's an indication, Jeff, of what the difference maybe between this year and last year. Again, last year you had you had an elite offensive guy, two of them really, with Travion Williams as well, uh, that were to- totally unique to that, and and you wanted to play faster with that, and you were going to turn the ball over a little bit. What Purdue didn't do last year that it appears to be doing this year is playing really top notch defense and uh, being able to defend. Now it helped. To have the win number 15s in the game. I mean, he is literally, a, you know, we all watched the World Cup last week uh, and the ability to have a goalie in there. He's just what he does. Uh, and I think that he is such a unique player. And yeah, he's almost a, he's a leader, Zach Eady. He's a defender. He's intellectually a basketball guy. Uh, you know, it disguised the limit for, for what Purdue can do because he's in there. And obviously, he didn't play against UNO, but uh, assuming he gets back to health, which we're assuming, and that, that uh, and plays the rest of the season, there is no ceiling for Purdue. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win the national championship or even get to the Final Four. We talk about this every year, about how the, the NCAA tournament is a crapshoot, uh, and it is. But Purdue is well-suited to play with anybody because they have Zach Eady, but also because they have a point guard, I think, in Braden Smith that is – able to break people down he showed last he showed against UNO the ability to get to the basket which we like to see more of that and uh, again that's what's going to be fun and exciting about the rest of the season Alan Carpet goldenblack.com it is a great place for all of your Purdue news whether it's basketball football uh, whatever uh, they've got you covered with all kinds of great content and, uh, of course, if uh, you're into uh, tomorrow's Festivus activities for the airing of grievances, well, Knucklehead Central is also a great place for you as well. Uh, Alan, I hope you and your family have a great holiday. We love having you on the show, as always. And uh, we will talk to you next week, friend. All right. Sounds great. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy holidays. We're all very lucky people that we can 
sit on the radio show and talk basketball. What, what could be better than that? So uh, be good, guys, and thanks for having me on. Welcome back to the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Big thank you to uh, Alan Carpet from goldenblack.com. Amazing to have him on as always. I'm Jared Chesson, last Jeff Julek. We're in the middle of talking uh, Boilermaker Hoops, Big Ten Hoops with you here for the entire hour. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, well, Jeff, I was thinking here, um, we're getting some arguments here this week on Twitter. Uh, a lot of us have been trying to rank the Big Ten. And it's... I. It's harder than it, it really is harder than it looks right now. Um, I've seen a lot. Our buddy Kyle Charters tried to do a list. I did not agree with a lot of that stuff. Um, I've asked for some fan submissions, and I'll sit here and go, I don't like that. I just, <laughs> and then I said, all right, fine, I'll do it myself. So I start to sit down here, I do it. I go, okay, it should be easy. But you put Purdue at number one, right? No problem there. That's undisputed. Purdue is number one. They're undefeated. They're on top of the conference. I mean, how do you how do you get away from that? Absolutely not. And John, i got to ask you a question about this because I heard Mike DeCourts the other day. Um, they were asking if he would put Purdue on his list of the national championship contenders, and he said, well, I don't know if I would because to win a national championship, you have to have a couple NBA players. And so he he said he doesn't know if Purdue has a couple NBA players. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, you know. Well, take it easy on my guy there from uh, – he's a Point State Park graduate well, down there. That's just not wrong, a – you're wrong, you're wrong. I mean – The yins are in him. I mean, you know, obviously you got Zach. He's going to get, a, he's going to get an NBA position because, you know, dominating him. But when you look at some of these other players on this team, I mean – Caleb first, possibly. I mean, who knows what Fletcher Lawyer is going to look like in, in, in three or four years. And, you know, I think this Purdue basketball team has some sneaky good players that uh, that will be playing professionally basketball somewhere because uh, there's a lot of talent on this Purdue basketball team. I think there's a lot of talent. I don't necessarily agree with that. Look, how far has Gonzaga gotten in so many years? And, and maybe they have, like, one NBA player yeah, talent, exactly. right? They, they've good done point. that. Um, you know, Michigan, uh, when they went to that uh, game against Villanova, they didn't have multiple guys there. Yep. Look, I think it, you get blindsided. Wisconsin's done it many a times there and made it to the – of course, they don't get over the hump here. But, you know, not everybody is Kansas, Kentucky, uh, North Carolina, where they get all these guys that are there for one or two years yep, that are going to go. Dance. But, you know, heck, Butler – how many times has Butler gone to, to the dance there? And uh, you're like, hey, do they have – are they loaded with talent? I think the traditional sense is you need some great guard play and you need, I, I honestly, what I think you need to do is you need to be able to score on the interior with your guards because you're playing in so many big open arenas yep. in the NCAA there that if you rely heavily on the three point shot, you can have trouble getting that to fall there. I think people forget about that. Uh, first half unders opening round of the tournament are always so money, yeah, by the absolutely. way. So and, and and that's so what far, I point out there. So, yeah, no, I, I disagree with Mike there. I kind of get what he's getting at there, but um, that's the whole reason we have the tournament is so we can let teams that don't have multiple NBA guys on the roster go out there and compete with the so-called champions and embarrass them. That's the whole part of March. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, and, and this Purdue basketball team is sneaky good, and they're also – they play good defense. And so, boy, I tell you what, when you have good guard play, you have an unstoppable player in the middle. And you also have, uh, you know, the ability to shut people down and, and value possessions. You've got a chance to win any basketball game you're in. That then brings us to number two, which has to be Wisconsin, I would think. At least that's where I'm putting them in. They're, they're 2-0 and uh, in the conference. And how many years do we sleep on Wisconsin? You know, they were predicted, what, number nine in the preseason uh, 
uh, media ranking that came out, and you, you never rank uh, Wisconsin that low, and you also never rank Purdue out of the top five because Matt Painter just has a tendency to get his team in the top of that conference each year. So, yeah, I, I think you put them at uh, number two. I got no problem with that. Um, now let's now, now now we're getting dicey, right? Now, now this is where it yeah. starts to we, – we start asking ourselves, okay, uh, who is where and what? And I tried to sit down with all the Ken Palm rankings and stuff here and said, hey, let's, uh, you, know, you know, let's see what we come up with. And <sighs> number three. Who do you have at number three right now? Well, right now, you can, there's going to be two or three teams here that you can put together. You've got an Illinois team that is so talented but very young, and play, they play young and they play immature at times. You've got an IU team who has had a lot of injuries. I mean, when you take out Johnson and you take out uh, Shafana Hood, who was out for several games, you know, Trace Jackson Davis has missed games. They've missed a lot of games, and, you know, so – you, you don't know what they're going to be like if everybody's healthy, everybody's there. But right now, they don't seem to be able to, to deal with size, and, and that's caused them a lot of problems. And then you've got a Michigan State team who I still think is a pretty good basketball team, but at the same time, they've played a brutal schedule, and they have a lot of maturity that they need to to work on too. So, uh, And I'll throw a high state in there. At times, a high state looks really good. They, they had North Carolina beat uh, on Saturday, and they lost that game in overtime. So there's about three or four teams there that you could say could be number three. It's just take your pick your poison on that one. I look. I want to shade to Ohio State because I think they had the best combination of record talent that is going to be out there right now mm-hmm. and and Youth. potential. You know, Cincinnati Ball's an incredible freshman. Problem with them is L the San Diego State ranked team. Yep. You beat Texas Tech, uh, 21st-ranked team in the country, by seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lost to Duke yep. on, on the road, 17th-ranked team in the country. You lost to North Carolina Which at I think, home. I think no, that was a, a game in New York City. Oh, that's right. That was a, yeah. Yeah, it was already New York City. Still, uh, you, you lose that game. I don't have a great win outside of that Texas Tech game to really hang my hat on there. You don't. And okay? it's it's a bunch of transfers. You know, they've got players from transfer from West Virginia, Wright State. They, they've got several transfers. Um, they should have beaten North Carolina. I think that's a bad loss because I don't think North Carolina is a very good basketball team. I know they, they, they beat Michigan last night, but uh, you know I think it's a bad loss for the. Bulls. I think that's great, and that's that. Now that comes to my problem with Indiana, is that that's the win right there is North Carolina. But Baycott was holding that shoulder the entire time. Yep. Uh, but they did whoop up on them inside uh, Assembly Hall. I, you got to give them a little bit of credit. Yep. But then Arizona, Kansas looked bad in both of those games. There's a chance to show off there. So I'm sitting here going. All right, what do I have to hang my hat on? A road win at Xavier by two points uh, a month and a half ago. I mean, that's that's all. That's all I really got there. I'm, I'm not. I'm. Uh, how good can you be when well, you can't win away from your your home arena? And that and that's what's happening with IU right now. Now, yeah. then I go to Illinois and we say, okay, hey, they've got a couple of the wins, right? Beat you Texas. got Texas. Yeah, yep. Texas. You got the UCLA game. Uh, lost to Virginia, but again, uh, that's a good Virginia team. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost uh, at home to Penn State. That brings me down a little bit. It's hard for me to put them at number three, though, Jeff. They're 0-2 in the conference. Absolutely. And the I, fact I, that... I can't put them in front of uh, two other teams that have already beaten them. That's the thing for me. Uh, you know, they, they lost at Maryland five points. Okay, it's not a terrible loss by any well, means. Well, that loss is looking worse now the way Maryland's playing. Exactly. And, and that loss to Penn State was, what, by 15, 16 points? A good team doesn't get blown out at home uh, 
you know, you, you got to take care of your own. Your and, own well, court. and Michigan lost uh, last night to UNC, so I mean, I can't put them in there. They don't have nah. a, a win to hang their hat on, really. You know, uh, Kyle Charles had Michigan thirteenth a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you know, it, it, the, the hype's not there for for them. Um, you just talked about Maryland. Um, like I said Illinois leads the league in turnovers. God help me. I'm going to throw a wild card in there for number three. Uh, uh, God How help me. Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, and I tell you what, they uh, they have looked good at times. At times, they have. They have. But I think you are, I, I, again, Lord help me. Okay, then we'll go with, is, your, is Northwestern, we go with Northwestern. Is Northwestern number three? <laughs> is Northwestern number three? It's a real conversation that you Stop have to ask presses. yourself right now. <laughs> I mean, here's the problem with Northwestern. The strength of schedule is just not there for them. It's 206, okay? It's it's not great. But they're nine and two. They're the seventh best defense in the country right now. The offense is I would say mediocre right now, but they have looked good the last couple of outings here, too. I mean, they trounced UIC, 92 points of that one, put up 83 against DePaul. You're used to seeing these guys go and win, uh, what, like uh, 64 to 55 or whatever, but they're still putting up some points in a lot of these games here. The pit loss is bad, don't get me wrong. But they do have a top 20 win in a road win, top 20 road win against Michigan State. I think they have to be number three. I tell you what, let's come back January 20th and revisit this because their schedule to start the Big Ten in January is brutal. They have Ohio State, Illinois, at IU, Rutgers, at Michigan, at Iowa, and home with Wisconsin. See, so, look, and this is the problem I mean, here. We've got 30 seconds left and we couldn't get past three. We couldn't. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah, that's just the uh, and, and then it's everybody else. It's all the also rans. But let's it? say this: we may have twelve teams in the in the NCAA tournament, so that might happen. So yeah, Delphi Bracketology <laughs> told me nine right nine, now. Okay. Nine is pretty darn good. And those good. guys know, They're and good. those guys have an idea at it. That just goes to show you just how hard it is to rank. Uh, by the way, we can all agree it's Nebraska and then Minnesota at the end, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. we're here to three, and then everybody else can sort it out. That's how we'll that's how we'll wrap it up there. All right, hang tight. We'll take a look at the Big Ten as a whole and what the upcoming matchups are for the week coming up next for the basketball show on one hundred one seven The Hammer. Welcome back. This is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Jared Jesselitis, Jeff Julik. All right, Jeff, now's the time. You know what we like to do here. We take a look at the Big Ten as a whole, and then we take a look at what the upcoming week holds for the conference. As of right now, your standings, the Purdue Boilermakers on top, 12-0, and 0, only undefeated team left in the Big Ten. There's just three in the country. They are one of those. Uh, Wisconsin in second here at 9-2. and two. They're undefeated 2-0 and oh in Big Ten Conference play. In third, also in 9-2, and two, the Northwestern <laughs> Wildcats. You're I'm Wildcats. telling you. Uh, Ohio State right behind them at 8-3. and three. They're undefeated 1-0 and oh in the uh, conference. Wolverines are also 1-0 and oh in the conference, sitting at 7-4. and four. And then uh, Michigan State, Rutgers, the Hoosiers, Terrapins, and Nittany Lions are all at one and one uh, in conference play, and they all sit around uh, seven and four or eight and four or uh, the Hoosiers nine and three. Then you drop down to uh, the Hawkeyes, who are eight and four and a huge loss ah. last night, zero oh and one. You have the Fighting Illini, zero oh and two. And uh, sitting at 8-3 and three overall, then it's Nebraska and Minnesota right where you would expect them. So that's what the current conference standings look like. Tonight, we got more action here. All right, tonight, just uh, two later on here, St. Peter's. 
Sorry, shouldn't have given out the trigger warning there, Jeff. Sorry, you looked up in panic there. It was very, very funny. Uh, taking on Maryland, the Terps a 23-point favorite in that one. And then uh, a good one here is the Illini will head out to Missouri. The Illini are six-point favorites. Uh, that game is on the SEC Network. Oh, come on. I want to watch that one. Nine o'clock tonight. Uh, against a 10-1 Mizzou team. And that's always a, a big game, a rivalry game. They've played it uh, usually, what, in St. Louis over the years? and uh, uh, That's where they're going to be uh, at tonight, by the way. Yeah, so hopefully the weather will not be a factor because uh, they're getting the uh, storm like we are. That's a, that's a Mizzou team that puts up 88 points per game. Uh, not great defensively. You got an Illini team. I, look, I like the Illini. I think they got some pieces. I think they need to put it together, though. They haven't quite done it just yet. Terrence Shannon just needs to get the ball way, way more. I'm convinced of that. He's the guy. He's the go-to guy. When they are in flow and in rhythm, they are a very dangerous team, but it takes sometimes a lot for them to find that flow and rhythm. And when they're not in it, I mean, they're just, they're absolutely in shambles. They're, they are a damned if they do, damned if they don't type team here, where if, if, if they just have it together, boy, they, they look almost unstoppable, but they can't always put it together. And they are the youngest team in the Big Ten Conference, and I'll tell you what, they have acted like that. Uh, you they know, lead the league in turnovers, yeah, too. Yeah, Coach Underwood was just beside himself with the effort they showed against Penn State. And, you know, they there are times when they just play with a bunch of, of, of reckless abandons, and, and you see that out of a young team. And, and that's why it's been so impressive to see what the Boilermakers done because so far we've not seen that out of the Boilermaker freshmen. But, uh, boy, the Illini, uh, when they're good, they're good, and when they're bad, they're bad. All right, on uh, Friday, you're going to be all snowed in. You don't want to go nowhere, but the Big Ten's got you starting at 5 o'clock. Bucknell and Rutgers. Boy, mark your calendars for that one. 5 p.m. <laughs> at Jersey Mike's Arena. Uh, then at 7 o'clock, settle in for Kennesaw State in Indiana. Here's my question is, will you get Trace Jackson Davis in that one? Kennesaw State's 8-4. and four. I'd Be honest with you, I have no idea where they're at in Ken Palm, but I can look it up. But I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to get him in or not again. Wow. IU's problem right now is point guard because, you know, they're having to go to Shafana Hood at the at the point guard, and he's not a natural point guard, and and he obviously can't play. And then they bring in Galloway, and, you know, they're really hurting. And, and it's amazing when you watch how good Purdue is at the point guard position and how Purdue seems to drop off when Braden Smith comes out and you forget what a great point guard can do for you. And IU's got some serious trouble right now because, you know, who's going to run that team and, and you know, They've been blown out by every team that they've played that's had a pulse except for Xavier, and they were able to beat them. And, and, and you know, this is an IU team that's struggling. And after this game, they've got a trip to Iowa come January 5th. So uh, a lot of uh, uncertainties down in Bloomington. You got uh, Kennesaw State 213 in the uh, Ken Palm. They're uh, 213 in uh, adjusted offense, 207 in adjusted uh, defense here. So. And a uh, slow-moving team at that, too, 191 in tempo. So that gives you an idea. Uh, we'll see what they decide to do with Trace Jackson Davis. You would hope that they would be able to play better, but I think these guys have got to be a, a little bit better than Elon. Maybe a little bit, but... Yeah, uh, I think they are. Cause... I mean, yeah, because Elon was like 343. So, yeah. uh, But at the same time... Uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, that'll be interesting on Friday. And then Grambling up at Wisconsin. I, I have them as the second-best team in the Big Ten, Wisconsin, right very, now. Very good team. Very, very good team. Been very solid, very Wisconsin workman-like. 9 p.m. to cap off things on the Big Ten Network. We go to uh, the weekend here. You've got nothing on Christmas Eve. you got no showcase on Christmas Day. 
Uh, how about Monday? No, nothing on Monday. Come on, give me something. You got Tuesday. Nothing Thursday. Tuesday. No, no, well, nothing <laughs> Wednesday. You got to wait all the way on Thursday. By the way, Thursday's great because you have a uh, you have a great double header for Purdue on Thursday. So you start at five o'clock. Uh, that's an early tip-off between Purdue and Florida A&M, 5 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. And then afterwards, you got uh, the Coach Katie Geralds and company. They're going to be out at Iowa and on the second game on Big Ten Network. By the way, shout-out to Coach Geralds and company. What oh, a win down fantastic. there against the Aggies. Fantastic. Woo, everything's bigger in Texas, baby, including the W. Well, I'll and, tell you what, you kind of sense that uh, Katie has righted the ship. And, uh, boy, they're playing with, with a lot of heart and a lot of effort. And, uh you know, and and there's no more moral victories with that basketball team. They are expecting to go out and win, and it'll be quite the challenge going in to take on a, a very very good Iowa Hawkeye team. Yeah, Caitlin Clark is uh, she she can score. <laughs> she's yeah. she's pretty good. Um, but earlier in the day, you get Brown against Northwestern. I keep telling you, you don't sleep on Northwestern. Uh, then at two o'clock on Thursday, the 29th, you get Delaware State, one and eleven against Penn State. Uh, Three p.m. Alabama A and M and Ohio State. Uh, there is a Big Ten matchup, though. Listen to this. Uh, you got uh, Iowa and Nebraska. You got UM. Good. Yeah, UMB. <sighs> that that's a long time for Iowa to stew over that loss. I'll tell yeah. you what. Uh, bad news for Nebraska. UMBC takes on Maryland. Um, Alcorn State in Minnesota. If you're watching it, uh, please seek some kind of help or call one eight hundred nine with it. Obviously, <laughs> and then uh, Bethune Cookman will take on Illinois. Uh, a lot of a lot of games there on that Thursday are. Hey, we're back from the break. We're just going to kind of shake the rust off a little bit and get prepared. Uh, but there was that. Well, I'm surprised you got Iowa Nebraska there. Yeah, and how about this Florida A&M game that Purdue's playing? I mean, this team they're two and eight, but they've played Oregon, they've played Oregon State, they've played Miami. Uh, they recently they played at Georgia, which you know is obviously not not a great basketball school. But then they played at Louisville and they played at Kentucky. You know, losing all of those, but uh, you know they're certainly uh, challenging themselves with their schedule. Yeah, so that'll take us all the way into uh, that Friday. And uh, what do we have there? How about Michigan State and Buffalo Central Michigan taking on Michigan? Western Michigan, are you running this all down, by the way? Your yeah, Michigans absolutely. are all uh, in a row here. Later. Western Michigan will take on Wisconsin, the Kohl Center, and then Rutgers will take on Coppin State over there in Jersey Mike's Arena. And then we can get rid of all this other nonsense, Jeff, and just dive right into Big Ten play. Absolutely. All the uh, preseason stuff will be out, and i tell you what, going to be exciting uh, Exciting uh, month of January for this Boilermaker basketball team. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm loving you guys. Again, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, if you oh, Go ahead. Well, and first of all, I know everybody will be celebrating on Sunday, and it's Jared's 40th birthday, so we want to yeah, wish big him a, a big happy birthday to Jared. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Again, I, I want to thank everybody listening right now. I know it's a little treacherous out there. So if you had to be on the roads today because uh, you were a plow driver, maybe you're an emergency worker, uh, shout out, like I said, I always like to shout out the garbage men. Man, people forget they're, they're going to be out. I'm thinking about this because they're in my neighborhood uh, uh, tomorrow morning, and I can't imagine how cold it's going to be to be out there and, and doing all that stuff. So shout out to all of them. Uh, we really do appreciate you guys uh, for listening. It's, Time we go to the games and stuff now, Jeff. Everybody just tells us how much they love listening to these shows and getting the local talk. And uh, we hear you. We appreciate you guys just as much. So uh, we can't thank you guys as we uh, head into the holiday season here. Uh, but big thank you guys again. Enjoy your Festivus tomorrow, your Christmas Eve on Saturday, and your Christmas 
on Sunday. If you are some degenerate Canadian that loves Boxing Day on Monday, well, shout out to you, eh? And uh, we appreciate you guys. I shouldn't have said that. Maybe Zach's listening. I gotta say, I'm, uh, I think he's the big man. <laughs> I would not describe Zach as a degenerate, though. That's the thing. That's all right. We love our Canadian. Good night, Canada. Thank you for listening to the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com.